Hello beautiful people this is Aishwadwa and thank you so much for tuning into the CNTC show this episode is the story of a Kanpur girl who is now exploring the world while doing her PhD this episode is for every student who's looking to pursue their masters or the PhD from a university abroad not only that but our guest Sanjana Tiwari who's going to give us great insights and tips on how to do this even if your percentage is not the highest is a full time luxury travel influencer she is the definition of what you call self made she did her bachelor's from delhi college of arts and commerce her masters from russia and is currently pursuing her phd in sociology from italy her work and dedication inspires me every single day and i'm sure it will inspire you as well a lot to learn from her story and her work i'm sure you'll be inspired from this one Hey Sanjana welcome to the CNTC show how are you Thank you I'm I'm fine thank you for having me completely thrilled to be here and for you to give me this platform Likewise looking for all the fun we're going to have <laughs> For sure ever since uh, we did our live together I've been wanting to sort of sit down with you properly and get to know you more get to know what do you do more and how you got where you are right now and and I think the audience would be really interested in knowing all of that so why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself and what do you do and what are you up to and all of that well uh, people clearly enjoyed our live session and i'm i'm really hoping that this uh, podcast this episode is going to be uh, really amazing uh, and fun we're going to have a lot of fun uh, so let's start with a little bit of self obsession because uh, you know about me uh, so basically i was born in kanpur uttar pradesh सो हम यूपी वाले हैं और हम हम करके बात करते हैं नो तुम और तू एंड देन आई डिड माई बैचलर्स फ्राम डेली यूनिवर्सिटी डेली कॉलेज ऑफ आर्ट्स एंड कॉमर्स देन आई मूव अब्रॉड टू डू माई मास्टर्स इन रशिया एंड देन आई लिवड इन a couple of countries i lived in the netherlands germany आई लिव इन रोम फॉर अ बेट इन इटली एंड करेंटली नाउ आई एम लिविंग इन मिलान uh doing my phd in sociology so i'm a full time phd student and a full time luxury travel blogger trying to juggle both of the lives uh and i'm completely honestly enjoy it because um i have a passion for photography for for traveling the world for telling a story and the way i do this what i think sets me aside is the way that i try to or tend to inspire people uh in a way to travel the world to combine it with something that you like which in my case is academics hey. and so i think at, by the end of this episode people could really uh bring something home <laughs> and could really connect to us in a way or in my story in or in our conversation when i first saw your profile uh and i was going through the posts literally every single post made me want to travel you know it sort of motivated me it was like shit this is so cool this is so beautiful i have to travel to this this city or this place or this cafe as if i was virtually traveling with you which is like super super cool so you said you sort of bring academics into travel and academics into your profile like how do you do that so basically i always wanted to travel even when i was a kid i come from a very middle class family because usually when you travel a lot and you're a luxury travel blogger people tend to assume that you have a rich dad or a rich boyfriend or something or someone with m- money maybe or sugar daddy as well a lot of people <laughs> have asked me that question but i'm like yeah i know i'm 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 sugar daddy for myself um so i just want to clear clear this out here it's just that you have to find ways 
first you have to the first step is to dream to know that you you can possibly dream this because uh you know we we grow up in a way that we our dreams are even restrict restricted you know we're like okay this is something uh unachievable unattain unattainable because of who i am where i am from and where i was born into or you know in in the the country or the city so first we need to kind of eradicate those barriers within our minds that know it's possible for me to dream a life like this and it's completely achievable and then when we know how to dream the second step is how to build a life of our dreams that's basically the second step and not the first so in that way you just kind of you know make 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 a mind map and think about things you can do think about things you can good at and these things not necessarily have to be stable forever they could change today you want to be a photographer the next day you would want to be a dancer you know so i really tell people just go with the flow so that's what i did with way before actually way before academics i'm also um a classical kathak dancer i have a phd in that as well <laughs> so when when i i when i was dancing at the first country that i went to abroad internationally was japan i traveled because of dancing so i combined my passion of dance and my passion of travel and that's when i knew when i was in the, my first plane ever and i moved to and i was in japan and my dad was there our trip was sponsored also my trip and my dad's trip were sponsored um and then i realized that this is what i want to do when i went to japan i realized there's so many differences uh between countries but there's one thing is the same is the emotions the people the way we think the way we react the way we move around is something so unique some something so similar that we share and i wanted to explore the differences while kind of knowing the similarities of people you know so that's when i knew that i wanted to travel even more um uh, and that's when i decided that i i was always a good a good student i mean not really the best mm. you know too but i always knew what kind of subject that i wanted to study what kind of i i love i wanted to study about the society i wanted to study how everything works how everything functions and i think sociology or social sciences for me particularly is something that i really really like so i and when i travel it kind of gives me a bigger perspective as a sociologist as well it really helps so i come find that i i remember that i had the opportunity to move to to go to the uk for some universities for my bachelor's where i got a 50% scholarship in a couple of universities in london but i decided not to take it because i didn't want to burden my my father with a kind of that much amount of money because moving to another country uh, is really expensive we're pretty much aware of it you have to pay the tuition fees you have to pay the living expense which is sometimes even expensive like the t- and when you move out you would also want to have a life that you could like live you would also would want to be social go out a bit so you need of course we need money for that so i was like no i come from a small town kanpur i was always in a cocoon you know at my parents place i went to an all girls school so i think i really thought in that moment i said no i think this is not the right time for me to go totally on board and just leave the country so i moved to delhi i slowly tried to understand delhi try to convert how to speak hum into two into two <laughs> but i still really say hum um hum ja rahe hain hum kar rahe hain 
So yeah, I moved to Delhi in a way and uh, tried to figure out my life. I remember I got into politics. I was elected as the culture sec of the college, which was a completely new experience for me, getting into politics, coming from a small town and being a woman. You know, even if it's a college election, it was completely, completely challenging. And what an eye-opener. Oh, my God. Um, then I was like, okay, this is not for me. I was strong enough, but I, I, I won it. So I, I realized that... Delhi was a really good choice for me in that moment for to move out from my bachelor's from my town. So that would be my advice for anyone coming from a small town to move into bigger cities in, in within India and to kind of experience because there there's so many differences even in the way we think and where we come from. And experience that a bit, open step by step. And then when I had the choice for my master's, I said, okay, I want to go out. But then I had a couple of opportunities. I had Canada, Australia, London, uh, Russia out of nowhere. And I was like, you know what? I've always been the kind of kid that want to do different stuff. I was like, Russia ko nahi jata, main Russia ja rahi hu. You know? <laughs> I was like, okay, there's mini India in, in, in the UK. Okay, a lot of Indians in Australia. Uh, not that I have something against Indians. I love, love, love my people. But I really wanted to experience something completely different, different because I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. And I wanted to see, okay, I, no one goes to Russia, really. Like, you know? Not not really as much as people go to other countries. So that's when I decided to move out of um, India and I chose Russia too, which was, uh, which completely changed me as in a way I see people, the culture and everything. So I think every step what I, I took a decision was just the next right step. So it wasn't a plan for the 10 years of my life or the next five years of my life. Right. That is something that I don't, promote or that isn't my motto it's just the next right step that I want to do and because I know it's going to change the the next 10 steps I'm going to be a completely different person so I just want to focus on what's the right thing so first I clubbed my traveling with my dancing then I clubbed my traveling with my academics because I knew if I would get this scholarship it would be fully paid if I I know I it's completely achievable my parents would not tell me not to go out or would not control my life so first is the dream right. second is how to build it make a plan for the next step hmm. work on it achieve it go to another and repeat <laughs> i have a couple of questions how is there a kathak competition in japan actually the thing is that i first i started as a dancer of course i was learning i started to learn at a really really young age my mom always knew that i i love to dance so it was like okay she's gonna we're gonna teach her professionally so my guruji used to come to my house and my parents kind of invested a lot of money in my dancing as well because you know my guruji is really well renowned in the very beginning when i was young i was performing everywhere uh, the the performance started like small scales in schools of course and then it moved to a little bit of big stages then big and big and then it got international i also have my website with that so I had my CV, my website. It was really, really professional portrayal of me as a brand, as a dancer, as an artist. And I performed uh, multiple times at uh, India Heart, IIT, Kanpur. Uh, they always invite me every year. But of course, internationally, it went on that people started contacting me, looking for my CV and uh, just, hey, would want you to have. And I took, I, I represented India at the Yokohama Festival Yokohama Fest in Japan in Yokohama. 
So that was that was and I'm also a member at uh, International Dance Council UNESCO Paris. So for that, I went to my next trip. My second country was France, Paris, again, for my dance. And then my third country was Russia when I moved for my academics. So Japan, France and then Russia. And then it just. Um, then the whole cycle 20, started. Yeah, then, then the whole cycle started. <laughs> yes. Could you tell us a little bit more about uh, Delhi, what courses you were studying in Delhi, then what courses you were studying in Russia, and then, you know, like basically what education route did you choose? I, I was an average student, to be honest. I, I wouldn't say I was the best, but I was pretty good enough. And when I remember I I had, uh, I think, 88%. I was I was a science side, and in 12th, I had 88%. But of course, when you want to move into college, you're not really thinking about academics. You're actually kind of thinking about fun. You know, okay, now it's my time to finally have some fun, right. uh, make some friends or drink a bit. Um, not, not, not totally not promoting that. <laughs> so <laughs> I decided to, <laughs> I decided to move to Delhi and DCAC was a good college. It was in the South. Uh, it was really weird because a lot of people want to go to the North, in North campus, go North campus, South campus. Just because right. I like the location better. And I was like, okay, this is closer to the clubs. Right. I'm going to live here. So, I like South Campus. I just like people when talking, I'm taking the side of South Campus. So, DCAC was a pretty nice college. And I actually did my bachelor. So, I didn't really, um, my subjects were economics and literature. English right. so which is like people were like well really like how do you combine both of these things like, both <laughs> were my majors and then anyway it's bachelors went well I know a lot of students are listening to this podcast so could you tell us a little bit about how you, how did you go about uh, finding the right colleges for your masters and how did you go about applying to them you know how did you make your resume uh, what are some of the pointers which really helped you sort of get into these colleges of course, people who have money usually go to like pay the tuition fees and go and live the life and whatever. But this is for people who come from middle class families, especially, and are looking for a scholarship. I promote to study abroad with full scholarships because I absolutely believe that if you are a good student, you could completely get it. So that's what I So The first step was to decide how much money I want to spend on my education abroad, on white people. <laughs> and uh, that was absolutely zero. So I was like, I don't want to spend any money. I don't want to spend my dad's money. It's not that I'm making a lot of money at the moment. So I decided to apply for colleges. I, I decided to look for scholarships. Now I help other people as well. I have this project of study abroad where I help other people as well. So it really took a lot of research. And then once I knew that I made a list of colleges that offer scholarship, full-time scholarship, I knew what kind of subject I wanted to study. Um, that was sociology. And then I sort of started applying into those universities. So you have to apply to a bunch of universities. You have to keep all your options open. So it's not just... And I don't really promote the idea of just uh, going behind the brand. You know, for example, um, LSA or Harvard or um, any such universities, which is Stanford, right. Princeton or whatever, the brilliant, amazing universities and you get a brand on it. But again, this is similar as the mocks. 
So it doesn't define your knowledge, it doesn't define who you are, and it doesn't define your future. You could be a CEO of any company, even if you study, if you, even if you're homeschooled. So again, this is something that I tell people always, is the first step is to not really just go after the brand. Of course, if you get into Harvard, that's bravo. But you need to know, you need to set your set a bar and you need to know where you stand and you need to apply accordingly. Yeah. Uh, that's a smart decision. So first you need to jot down the places that you want to, the possibility that, okay, I, I could move to London, I could move to Russia, I could move to Italy. So you need to know where you could, or I would say, you know, like keep it really broad. Who knows what you're going to find in another place or who you're going to find in another place. So keep it all open. <laughs> your options, I mean. <laughs> keep your options open. Um, <laughs> okay, this is the clean podcast. Um <laughs> It is, right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. It is. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so, and after this, when you have uh, your universities with you, the places that you want are possible, possible host countries, possible university, you have to start emailing and writing to them. It's very different, and you need to understand that if you're a bachelor student, you're a bachelor student. You're you're tr- planning to move out of India for your bachelor's. Uh, there are very few universities that are going to give you full scholarship. It's easy to get full scholarships for your master's, PhD, but for your bachelor's, it's really, really tough. That's the one thing that I tell people. For your master's, again, it's possible, but it depends on how your CV looks like. Right. Every every college, trust me, when you grow up, you realize that no one is actually looking after your marks. <laughs> Everybody wants to know what is the different one different thing that you did in your life. Everybody wants to know your fashion. And to be completely honest, I used my dance career as a tool, as the extracurricular activity that was demanded by almost all the universities in their right. questionnaire form. And that was something, that was, that was my strongest tool at the moment. So again, I combined my dance and academics in that way. So that was the right. strongest point that I used and it really helped me to get into the universities. I told you I got into, into Canada, into, into London, into Russia. And then I went, I, when I had to make a decision, I just decided to go to Russia. And then, so for uh, moving to your CV, uh, it has to be completely professional, but you don't have to pay anyone. You could just make it also on board completely by yourself using a professional photo of you. I think photo really, really helps to give a better image of yourself. So that's one thing that I tell people. And your CV has to be um, as precise as possible, but also should include every detail about you again, academic details. So it should have, you know, a year from this to this, you studied in these colleges, these schools. It doesn't need to have your marks in that because I have seen some CVs with where people write their percentile. You don't need to have that. And it would be really nice in your bachelor's to work a little bit with publications. For example, let's say you want to study uh, psychology for your master's. You want to have a master's in psychology and you're currently doing your bachelor's in psychology. So it's good in your bachelor's if you try to attend conferences or to get some publications or even to write academic articles. These three things really help you get the scholarship. And again, if you love writing, if you love the subject, it's not a difficult task to do. It's quite easy. Or just participate, not even present in conferences, but just participate in the conferences. Just Google up. There are millions of conferences and millions of topics as well. 
Right. So these are some keys that are really important in your public in your CV. That I already had some publications. I already had a little bit of a, uh, academic articles. I also send send them some pieces of my writings of academic articles. Of course, now that I look back, they're not really nice, uh, but it helps to portray you as a student, as a potential student interested in a subject. And right. then when you have to talk about, there's always this question, why, does you, why this university? You know, why do you want to come to um, London? Why do you want to study in LSE? What do you answer? This is the time when your words and your heart pour into this. Uh, so you really need to do a little bit of, you need to really think and you really need to ask this question, why do I actually want to go to this university? And you have to be completely, completely honest. You know, you have to write that I'm looking for possibilities to change my life, to get into the new environment. And you, you don't have to. So the, the more real you are, the better it is and the better chances it is for you to get into the university. Another way to get into to get the scholarship and to get into the university is because when you're doing your master's and if your master's is with your thesis, like you have to at the end of the day present a big big paper. Uh, so you have to get in touch with your supervisor. You need to already. So what some people do, what I did, is to already go to the website of the university, look at the faculty and find a potential supervisor that you're interested right. in and propose him. Hey, I want to study uh, about gender inequality in India. It's like, of course, it's a big topic, but I, w I, w I w you know, any anything narrow, anything particular that you want to study or you want to do a research on, pitch them this idea. Because when you get uh, in touch with a faculty or a professor who's ready to supervise you, you are automatically inside the university, you know. Right. So this kind of helps you uh, to get, get the scholarship. So this is a little bit of, uh, you know, more like moving from student to a little bit of formal adult um I wouldn't say scholar, <laughs> but researcher face. <laughs> right. uh, so these are a couple of pointers that you should keep in mind while researching for... But anyway, if anyone has any issues, they can definitely get in touch with me or DM me on Instagram. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to help you guys. Thank you so much for all of that knowledge. But like currently speaking about you, where are you headed with your academic career? Uh, that's a very, very good question. It's it's exactly, it's, it's a fancier version of how do you see yourself in five years? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? Um, I know, I know. As I said, I like to do one thing at a, one thing at a time. I know that I, if... If if I close my eyes, I know I'm I'm doing my PhD now, and after two years I will be, by the way, Doctor Sanjana Devari, which is so fancy. <laughs> I really like the sound of it. I'm like, yeah, I'm not I just can't perform uh, surgeries or stuff, but yeah, not a real doctor, but still. Uh, so I for sure know that after this I would want to work on some research projects somewhere, and then I'd always like uh, to I. I would love to become a professor, to be honest. But as I said, I want to keep all the opportunities open. I also have a full-time job as an influencer, <laughs> um, but also I'm doing my PhD. So, and who knows, maybe tomorrow I'm good at something else, I explore something new. But career-wise, there is this is like already there. Like I know this is an easy path for me to become a professor somewhere I, I, I want some it could be in India or outside of India, probably. Um, yeah. Talking about the influencer part, how did that start? And, and you know what, how are you managing that with 
with your PhD because I've heard PhD is really really hectic. I would really like an answer to both of these questions. <laughs> it's really tough. I'm I am so glad that my supervisor is not on Instagram. <laughs> I am so glad. Um, uh, so I. Uh, this is because you know I really believe that you have to work for yourself. You have to work for your dreams. If you, you have to combine everything. And I, I believe that you have to step on different boats in order to make a balance. I am not the kind of person who believes in just step on one boat or just do one thing and just do it right. We're, we're human beings. We are built in a way that we could do multiple things. I think we're amazing at multitasking. Uh, and that's how I see life and career and as well. So that's that's... I've always, I love to travel. I love to document my travel. I love uh, that I, I'm able to show a lot of people from my town, from India or from all over the world, the places that you just uh, see on movies, see, see in movies or Google or even unexplored places that people have no idea about. So when I see it, and now when we have the technology and if I can show you that as well, while I could virtually, I would love to do that. And when I could get paid for doing that, why not? So you can combine, you know, your passion, you could inspire people and you could also get paid to do that, which could be a little bit extra pocket money for you, sometimes a bit more than pocket money. <laughs> so I, I think for me, I am the kind of person who's like, okay, the, the whole day in the morning, probably I'm working on my research and working on uh, multiple projects. And then I take breaks and I work on, okay, which post I have to post today or um, which um, deliverables I still have to, you know, to, to, to give. So, or which is my next collaboration, which is the next brand that I'm working with, which is my next trip, a little bit of planning. So I think all, all these things also kind of keep motivating me and it's a good gap from my PhD life and I am not completely transformed into a nerd. So <laughs> I think, I think that's the kind of balance. Sometimes it's, really lonely out here it's really exhausting because i have been doing this whole independent life thing right. since almost a lot of years and i just feel to be really honest it's all very nice and fancy as it appears but it's all at the same time really exhausting and could be really really lonely even when you're surrounded with people but to see the bigger picture I'm still, still doing something that I really like. And I'm still so, so, when I look back once in a while, I wouldn't change anything or wouldn't even try to go back to anything because this is so much better than what I had and it's just starting to get better. So a little bit of exhaustion and loneliness and tiredness, I think it's, it's kind of worth it. For the audience, basically how can people make money off of Instagram and how much can they actually make? Plus, mm -hmm. should people go out and sort of consider this as a viable career option, like as a primary career option? I'll be, I'll be really honest with you when this question comes. To be, I, I have been out of India for a long right. time, so I really don't know how the market works there. Right. But uh, the brands that I've tried to work or the people are always trying to get out of paying you, to be honest. And this is something that I do not see in Europe. So for me for now, pretty much it's going well. 
So I get cool collabs, I get I get good payments. So I would say that you could definitely make a career out of it for sure. And that's why I have like a little bit of juggling. So I say, okay, that could be my backup option or my even my first option, who knows. But again, you shouldn't be an influencer or start an Instagram because everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself why I want to do this. And right. first thing first, you don't even have to become an influencer. First, you need to just be consistent consistently posting about something that you really love. It could be about food, travel, even your personal life. It could be about body positivity. It could be about your dog, you know, like pretty (laughs) much anything. Uh, Something that you love, you care about, you could be posting and sharing. So it's a platform to express yourself. So if you're expressing yourself and if you're authentic with it, you might even end up earning money from it. So that's the first thing that you have have to ask yourself. Second, uh, there is a way that people think of, think of uh, free free stuff in order to get a lot of free stuff from Instagram for brands and so you need to know if you're doing it like honestly I don't really believe in this like free free stuff is good but that's not all it you know because you kind of get yeah. bored of it and then you know okay if I'm putting a foot if I'm taking a photo creating content editing you know traveling a little bit investing in it so I need to also get paid for it. So you need mm. to know that. You need to understand if you just w- want to do it just for free stuff or you want to actually make money out of it. These are completely two different things. Right. Um, third thing is about the followers. You need to know that you need to have even 10 people are following you. They are real people. That's right. so much better than having a million followers. So it's mm. about you You always need to constantly remind of your, remind yourself that I'm actually influencing these 10 people by my message or by my creativity and Every day at the end of the day, you have to be thankful for those 10 people and you have to make content for them. So that's where consistency comes in. You do not have to... I get a lot of messages that, hey, you know, this uh, this thing is really trending in India with the the Gopi Baho thing, you know. <laughs> um, so you make a content on this and you'd be famous. I say, yeah. I don't want to make a content on that <laughs> just to be trending on Instagram. Uh, I, I found it funny, yes, but I, I don't want to replicate it. I want it to be to be unique of the artist who made it, you know. So I, this is just <laughs> one thing that I personally do not like to, but I mean, that's the thing. You go with trends, you get popular. You have to be really, really patient and consistent and let your work talk for itself and I really feel so happy at the end of the day even if one person is messaging me that hey you shared about this place and it's so beautiful it really made my day (laughs) I just feel so over the top I feel just so amazing that I could make bring a smile on your face and I don't really care if my followers are not increasing or if they're increasing a lot I I think this is second second price so these are some tips for people who were trying to start with Instagram. First, you need to know if you want the free stuff or you want to get paid. <laughs> Second, you need to know what is that something that you really like or love you want to talk about. Right. Not do it because other people are doing it. Not just be a beauty blogger for the sake of it. You need to really understand beauty, makeup, and skincare for you to do that, not for free stuff. Because these are some things that you... It's, it's cheating with yourself, basically. And in the long run, it doesn't really pay off. Mm. Um, so if you want to become an influencer and get money with it, it takes a lot of time. And to be really honest, it takes a lot of investment because when I started to travel, all the photos that I took, 
it's just from my trips, from my money, right. from my money, the places that I went to, thousands of dollars. And like, I spent a lot of money on traveling. I, I lived as a broke student, really, really broke student. I, I never used to buy any of my favorite dresses or, or shoes. I always used to save money for the ticket, the plane ticket. Okay, this much I have, I need this much more. So first thing first, you need to, and now when I'm able to get money, get paid from it or afford a life like that, now I can go on buying the dress I want and celebrate the birthday I want. So the first thing first, you need to also understand that Instagram or any business in a way is also an investment. So you need to be willing to invest into that, which means this kind of money has to actually come from a real job or a job that you are having or you intend to or the savings that you have. I think that's super insightful. Asha, by the way, who's your favorite creator influencer? Uh, wow, there are so many. I, I personally like, uh, I remember the first, uh, I, I, I loved The Beautiful Destinations, actually. That was one of the few most inspiring uh, people that I followed. So there, there's also, there is the whole team that was, that's now, they're, uh, they're, they're not really the part of the team, but, you know, of course, you know, Sam hmm. and Jacob and there's also one guy, he doesn't really have a big following, but he's one of my favorite, Corey. Um, so I think these, these, a couple of, couple of people, there is one blogger, the blonde abroad. I also, it's one of the first female bloggers that I really started following. Uh, so these are some of my favorite creators in, in travel uh, industry. And then when it comes to celebrities, I would definitely, definitely say Priyanka Chopra. <laughs> I mean, I, I see that woman as, as something really inspiring to me. So something, someone that I, I would look up to and if I would have to go to the glamour or celebrity industry. Okay, what's the first thing that you would do if you, if you wake up as Priyanka Chopra? <laughs> I'd kiss Nick Jonas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, lit- fair enough. Uh, okay, fine, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that. That's pretty much. I mean, I'm sure that's the first thing she's doing in the morning. I hope. Still, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tune into a little serious tone. Um, <laughs> what advice would you now give to the 18 year old Sanjana who was just going out of Kanpur into you know Delhi and into her first college experience? I think I would. Uh, that's a really, really important question. Um, now that you you told me, I never really. Th- about that but now I think it, it forces me to think and I think I would really advise my myself to to calm down you know because when I was young I was always very very fast like you know I wanted to know what I have to do now I should be doing this and I should be doing that so I would tell myself that it's all gonna be okay you're all gonna figure it out sooner or later step by step and it's going to be really, really a very rough ride, challenging, good, but really rough emotional ride as well. So I would tell myself to calm down, to, as I said, do the next right thing, because I was the kind of person who always wanted to plan the next 10 years of my life. I mean, right. um, we're, we're, we're Indians. We grew up with social security <laughs> and financial security. So I, was, I grew up like that as well. But I would definitely tell myself, and I would... There, there are so many things that I would tell myself. I would tell myself to not be judgmental. I would tell myself to be kinder. I would, I would tell myself 
that, hey, you're pretty, because when I was young, I, I had a lot of issues with my self-image as well. So these are some of the things that I, I would, would, would tell myself. And also I would tell myself that marks are not everything because, you know, people <laughs> always make you believe that they are. Oh, 88 percent. Oh, and just 2 percent less from 90 and all these aunties, you know, living yeah. around. Uh, it's like, ah, Tiwari ji ki beti ke to bas 88 hai, 2 percent aur aajate, to kitna acha ho jata. So I would literally tell myself to just completely ignore that. <laughs> I think where you are right now and what you're sort of pursuing states that marks they just don't matter even if they do a lot of other things matter more than more than you know just marks so yeah i mean congratulations to where you are right now and uh, it's a great place to be in and i'm sure you'll sort of go higher and higher from here on uh, but yeah it has been a really really insightful conversation and Thank i you. really really enjoyed it and I learned a lot from Thank it, you. honestly. <laughs> and by the end of it, I don't know about the audience, but I am feeling super, super inspired to sort of explore new things now because I feel I've been stuck at one thing for quite some time now. So I think this is going to be my wake up call to sort of go out and explore a little bit more. Just just you have to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Anything which you would... Uh, want to say to the audience like a closing note i just i i just really want to tell the audience that anything you want is absolutely possible you have to have to get out of the comfort zone and you if you're planning to move abroad or if you're planning to live a life that is you see is now really unattainable or out of unachievable you need to understand that you have to be open-minded you have to be willing to make friends with a lot of people. You have to be willing to try different foods of the country and you have to be willing to find a balance with your traditions and your roots and a new modern lifestyle that you're gonna get into. So there's the balance you're gonna find. You might not like it or you might like it, but if you find a balance, that would be amazing. And I also just wanna tell the audience to, you know, take it easy just uh, this year this pandemic has taught us that the future is uncertain i kind of always knew that so you don't have to really worried about what's going to happen in 2025 with your life because honestly we could all die <laughs> <laughs> so we could just chill for now appreciate whatever we have and look for the next best best thing we want <laughs> so a wake-up call also for myself I, I need to go find what the next best thing I want <laughs> thank you so much for that it was it was a pleasure you. having you to the CNTC podcast and I hope you do super super well in life and you always stay happy and yeah take care thank you so much for having me bye <laughs> bye bye that was Sanjana Tiwari on the CNTC show moving on to the musical segment we have a very very special artist Dheeraj is my college junior and this is his first song release. It's called Ek Gila. Make sure you support him on all the social media platforms and do listen to the track. Links for all the streaming platforms will be given in the description. Moving on to Ek Gila by Dheeraj. I'm sad that I'm making the song. But if I don't make it, you won't understand what I've been through. 
वो कहते हैं ना जिंदगी में कोई गिले शिकवे नहीं रखने चाहिए और शायद मेरी जिंदगी में एक गिला रह गया और वो ये है कि रजामंदी थी जब तो मेरी बंदी थी जिंदगी का सिलसिला कुछ इस तरह मुझे मिला कोई फूल बाग में खिला कोई खाब अब बुना सिला कोई उसको दे मुझे दिला ना होगी दिल में एक गिला ना होगी दिल में एक गिला हिला दिया है उसने मेरी जिंदगी को इस तरह जैसे हलाल हो गया मैं वो है मेरा उस तरह मैं जिस तरह भी गिरता गया सतमो ने मुझे भरा मैं फिर भी प्यार करता था जो इश्क जिंदा वो मरा जो इश्क जिंदा वो मरा जो इश्क जिंदा वो मरा जिंदगी का सिलसिला कुछ इस तरह मुझे मिला कोई फूल बाग में खिला कोई खाब अब बुना सिला कोई उसको दे मुझे दिला ना होगी दिल में एक गिला ना होगी दिल में एक गिला हिला दिया है उसने मेरी जिंदगी को इस तरह जैसे हलाल हो गया मैं वो है मेरा उस तरह मैं जिस तरह भी गिरता गया सतमो ने मुझे भरा मैं फिर भी प्यार करता था जो इश्क जिंदा वो भरा जो इश्क जिंदा वो भरा जो इश्क जिंदा वो भरा जो कह दिया है अलविदा तो यू ना आख अब मिला अपार प्यार अब जरा जो कह दिया है अलविदा तो यू ना आंख अब मिला जो इश्क जिंदा अब भरा